Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Y'all ready? Ephesians 1, verse 17. I chose today to read this out of message version of the Bible and uh, because I love the way that it says it. It says it in language that is a lot more common to the way that we would say things. However, I would recommend if you're studying the Bible, I would use more of the King James or the New International Version. You know what I'm saying? For any of you that are involved in Bible study, that's the way I would go. I love to read the New Living Translation. That's probably the version I use the most up here. But every now and then, I'll go to one of these versions that just say it like we say it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just got to hear it the way you say it. And so we're going to read out the message version. We're going to my favorite book of the Bible, the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Love Ephesians. Can't stop reading it, y'all. You should read it too. Chapter 1, verse 17. This is the Apostle Paul speaking, and he wrote a letter to this church, uh, the Ephesian church. And this is what he said. He said, I ask, ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. Now, I, I want you to hear this from the perspective as though he was writing this letter to you. Let's not listen to this like we're eavesdropping on what he said to someone else, but let's hear this like he said it directly to you today. I think it'll mean more to you. It says, I ask, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. Someone with kids say, amen. Endless energy, boundless strength. Let's do this, am I right? All of this energy issues where? From Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in, a, in deep heaven in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. No name and no power exempt from his rule. That's comforting to know, am I right? And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. And at the center of all this, Christ rules the church. And you got to grab this part because at the center of all of this, Christ rules the church. Now watch this part. The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. That's so important for you to realize because if we're not careful, we think what we do on Sunday is a little sideshow from what's going on in the real world. But I need us to know that what God is doing, what God has planned, and all that God has laid out is really the center of everything that is going on. And if you don't realize that, you will get worried and overwhelmed and bent all kinds of ways out of shape whenever things don't line up with exactly the way that you think it needs to go because it may lead you to believe that God may have fallen off of his throne. But I need you to know today that God is still on the throne. He's still secure on the throne. He's still sovereign. And none of the craziness in the world surprises him. Amen? Amen? Let's finish reading the verses. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts. This is important for you to grab. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts. There are things that God wants to say to you as being the church, but there are things that God also wants to say through us being the church. There are acts that he wants to do for us in the church, but there are also acts that he wants to do through us as the church. In other words, I'm not just getting something. I'm getting something and I'm giving something. Amen? I, I got more than enough than just for me. I got something from him, and it's the gift that keeps on giving over and over and over. So the church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. Think of this. You said, man, I need Jesus to show up at work this week. Well, guess how he's going to show up? In you. I know he's in this place today. 
but can you bring him with you tomorrow to the workplace and he can go with you and you can bring him and people can experience him. Let's pray and then we're going to jump in. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this day, this great Sunday that we can gather together as the church to worship you, to hear from your word. And even though this may be our tradition, I thank you, Lord, that you're alive, you're present, you're speaking, and you're acting still. And there's a work that you want to accomplish today. And I pray for every person here that as they hear the word of God, that it is not just a sermon, but it's a message that that shapes their life. And I just ask for your help today to speak this. Father, I want to speak it with all of the conviction of heaven, but I also want it to be life-giving. I want it to sound like you. And so, Father, I ask for your help to say it all today in the way that you want it said. Let your glory fill this place, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So over the last few weeks, we've been using this series title, Are You Ready?, to unpack some things about us as a church, about you personally. And the question that we're asking is this, are you really ready for what God wants to do in your life? And I use the example of my children getting ready. In fact, I still live this every day. I thought whenever I spoke it that it would help bring some ideas of change. You know what I'm saying? But still to this day, whenever I ask my kids if they're ready, they're still saying, hold on, I'm putting my shoes on, which means I still need to brush my teeth. I still need to pack my lunch, and I still need to do all the other things. And I'm not trying to pick on my kids. They're awesome because they live in a great house, and they're around great people. Amen? Amen? They are. I'm serious. My kids are awesome. And, um, but I use that example because I think we fall in the same boat. Because if the Lord were to ask you if you were ready for what he wants to do in your life, chances are you would go through your list of things. Things that you have going on, things that you need to do still, and in hopes that you can show that you're still productive. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still being productive even though I'm not ready, Lord. I mean, look at what I'm doing. I got a lot on my plate. But the question isn't a matter of your production. The question is a matter of, are you ready for your life to change? And most of us aren't really ready for our life to change because we're still trying to manage the life we're living. And the thought of change scares us. Because we have found our way. But what about when our way doesn't line up with God's way? And what if we spend most of our time praying and asking God to align his ways to ours instead of just surrendering and and aligning our ways to his? And I get it. Listen, I'm up here saying this stuff, talking like it's so easy. I understand that it's difficult. Can I get an amen? amen? I understand that there are a lot of things that I would like to do. And by the way, a lot of things I would like to say. That I just shouldn't say or do. Can I get an amen? amen? I'm serious. There's stuff I want to say up here and the Lord won't let me do it. And you should thank the Lord for that. Amen. And some of these sermons, it ain't what I said. It's what I didn't say that you need to be thankful for. To be honest with you. Because I'm a human being and I need Jesus just like you. I need you to know that. But the reality of what God wants to do in our lives should always strike us. It should always have our attention because it always brings us to the place of challenge. And whenever we say challenge, don't let that scare you because challenge always sets up victory. And victory is really what we want. Like, think of this. You want to win when it comes to marriage. You want to win when it comes to raising kids. You want to win when it comes to handling your finances. I mean, let's get real. You want to win when it comes to your career. And to think that we can go through all of these things without a challenge puts us in a place that we don't get an opportunity for victory. But yet we have the Lord who makes winners out of us all. And you don't know if you can win unless you go through a battle. Now, I know I'm trying to talk about the church today, but this is where it hits home because to be the person that God wants me to be, really wants me to be, is a battle. It's a battle. Now, it's awesome whenever I hear God say, I have this for your life, my son. Oh, that's great. Get me fired up. But after I'm finished being fired up, what do we do? Because this isn't easy. And I love how God was so good that he put together what's called the church which is a spiritual family. It's the believers that come together because they're going somewhere. 
Now, I need you to understand that us, the church, we don't just come to church on Sundays. This is just where we meet. The game is played out there. The life is lived out there. And by coming together, we, we show our reliance upon God. We show our appreciation to God whenever we worship. We listen to the word of God for direction, for correction, and for inspiration. So that when we go out there to live our lives, we got a little bit more than just I'm trying. Amen. But I got something with some sustenance. I got some meat on my bones because I ate from the word of God and I sat at the father's table. Amen. And I got much more than just a meal. I got the father with it. And the father empowers me to be everything that he wants me to be. And so for us to understand that this whole idea of going to church is just one sided. I'm not just going to church, but I am the church. And that God's plans for me in my life is it, it's going to impact me directly, but it's also going to have an impact on my church corporately, but it's also going to affect the world. And it's important for us to see this and understand this or else church just becomes just one of those things that you and I do. And the verse that we read this morning about the church not being the world being peripheral to the church brings it into perspective because we realize that in God's eyes, he's putting the church in the forefront. He's literally putting the church in the forefront. But in the world's eyes, they don't see it that way. That's why church is so optional to the world because they don't see it. They see the church on the side instead of being in the front. But here's something that we must know. One day Jesus is returning, and when he returns, let me tell you who he's coming back for. He's coming back for his church because his church is his bride that he loves so much. But the church is also the light of the world. The church is also the army of God. The church is a spiritual family. And I need us to see that the church matters to God. And the church is the very vehicle that God is using to display and to work his mission throughout all the earth. And this is what this means. Church matters. Being the church matters, and it's not just my option. I'll say it like this. It is my obligation. It is my obedience, and that obedience brings the blessing into my life. And so over the last few weeks in this series, Are You Ready? It's been this, this really focused attempt to help us to see, if we're going to see vision for the church, it's not just what you do, but it's who you are. And this is why this is so important, because there are battles that you are facing that you're struggling with because you're trying to take them on by yourself apart from this vast army that you belong to. It, it, it's like the zebra that decides not to run with the flock and gets off by himself. There's always a lion roaming around waiting for him to get by themselves, which is why it's so dangerous to isolate. It's so dangerous to get away from who God wants us to be. And that's why in Hebrews it says, let us not forsake the assembling together. There's something to this assembling together thing, y'all. There's an energy. There's some. I'm telling you, I have a lot of worship times on my own, but it ain't like when we come together. I'm telling you, man, I feel like tackling people after we finish the music. Now I ain't going to do it, but I mean, I feel it. There's an energy that is released, and I believe that God set it up that way because he has called us to a mission to accomplish as the church. So we must understand that who we are becoming as people and who we're becoming as a church is just as important as what we're doing in our everyday lives. There's a lot of things that you and I have to do. Am I right? A lot. But in doing everything that you do, don't overlook who you're becoming. And what I have found is that in all of the attempts and all of the stress and all the strategies of trying to do all that we do, if we're not careful, we can lose who we are just trying to get our to-do list checked off. Because when people don't co cooperate, come on, somebody, when they don't cooperate with you trying to do what you do, you may turn into somebody you don't want to be. This is a good opportunity for you to keep looking ahead right now and don't look to the side. Get fired up. Get mad. Get angry. We complain. We argue. We bicker. We say things we shouldn't have said. We wind up having to repent. You know? I'm sorry, babe. I didn't mean it that way. Y'all ever had that little conversation? Mm -hmm. And you think it's done. It's work to be done.
who become who comes before do who you are comes before what you do this is so important because god is trying to build you into who he wants you to be so you can do all that he's called you to do and this is so important because like what if you're trying to parent without becoming who you need to be as a parent we're going to struggle we will but what if you allow God to keep developing you and building you? You're going to be the parent that those kids need you to be. It's going to happen. But you have to be from the place. You have to approach this from the place of God is building me. God is shaping me into who I need to be so I can do what he wants me to do. Who comes before do. So we grow into who God wants us to be so that we can grow into what God wants us to do. And I say that for this reason. Everybody wants the church to grow. I would love for our church to grow. But when you say that, everyone thinks size. We think more people. And I do think that's a byproduct of it. But when we talk about church growth, we must go deeper than surface level. We have this attraction to big. We like big things. We like big surprises. We like big trips. We like big checks. You can say amen. I'm fine with that. I like big steaks. I do. I ain't gonna lie. Porterhouse. Let's go. Let us go. Amen. But when we talk about church growth, we must talk about more than just size. We must talk about what's called maturity. Maturity. Because I have I have observed this just because. A congregation is large doesn't mean that it's fully grown. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you could be big, but I don't mean you have grown up yet. You know what I'm saying? And there is this, there, there must be this understanding that for us to grow into the church that God wants us to be, it's not just attracting more people. Amen? That's a part of it. But it's growing into who God wants us to be. Amen. Now, part of your growth into who God wants you to be is definitely going to include. I'll just recap it. Reaching people. You can't be who God wants you to be without reaching people. And you may argue and say, Pastor Wade, I'm just not evangelistic. Well, if you're following Jesus, you're going to have a heart to see other people follow him, too. And at some point, you're going to have to say something. So reaching people is a part of maturing. Serving is a part of maturing. It is. And if we never serve, we won't mature. And I found this about serving because a lot of times we think it's about getting a task done. Oh, no, no, my friends. Because getting the task done is only one side of it. The other side of it is serving along with people who may be different than you. And the Lord loves to grow you in your personality and in your patience and in all these other character areas of your life through serving along somebody who may have a different opinion than you. Can I get an amen from somebody? It's true. God is so faithful. He is. God knows what you need to be who he wants you to be. So he puts you along somebody who's going to kind of like be a little sandpaper for you. Oh, my God. Lord, you would never do that to me. Yes, he would. Listen, I have three brothers. I'm going to tell you how faithful the Lord is. I have three brothers. And the Lord put in my very house that I grew up three people who were different than me. That I had to, like, share a room with. And, like, eat at the, the kitchen table with. We, we call it a kitchen table. Y'all call it dining room. We, we wasn't that fancy. We had supper at the kitchen table. Come on, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? We didn't do that fancy stuff. Now we're just using all these terms, try to sound like TV. <laughs> at the end of the day, we ain't that fancy. The Lord was faithful. He put some people in my life that were different than me. Did we fight? Yeah, we fought. Y'all thought the preacher was just spiritual all his life. I'm a work in progress. Can I get an Amen. Come on, come with me to a ball game. You'll see real quick. <laughs> Part of maturing is reaching, is serving. And God's good because he puts people that we serve with that are different than us because he's building us, trying to take a little edge off of us. And I find it crazy that people avoid that. 
do. Um, giving. I know, bro, passed away. Be careful with this one. Inflation is out of control right now. I know, right? It is. But giving is never about dollar amounts. It's never about dollar amounts. It's about heart. It's about heart. And when our hearts ain't right, we don't want to give. I'm serious. We just don't want to. And so you got to check your heart whenever anybody talks about giving and generosity. If you immediately get angry, bro, where are you going? Because nobody's twisting your arm trying to get you to do something. It's just talking about giving and generosity. When the heart is right, we want to do those things. And God knows that generosity is greatness in the house of God. Amen. Serving brings greatness to the house of God. Because we want to be known not for the size of the offering, but for the heart of generosity that these people in the church have. And the willingness to serve, even though we know I'm going to have to be around some people a little different than me. That's why you can say serving's a miracle. It is. Because it takes a lot more than just know-how. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of grace. It takes a lot of forgiveness. Amen? Amen? It's real. And then building. These are all these are all signs of someone who is maturing. They understand these things. So even though these are actions that we must participate in, it's much more than just something that we've got to do as a church. It's coming out of who we are as a church. And whenever we are fully grown and mature, this is what begins to happen. This flows out of our lives and not just into our congregation, but beyond our congregation. And it begins to impact others. And one of the sure signs of maturity is selflessness. It's when we become selfless, where it's not all about me, but it's all about him getting glory. And so everything I do is for his glory. And so now I'm not as picky. Let's carry on because Cynthia, she said that's enough about that. Okay. I believe that if we take these actions seriously as individual believers, it will result in tremendous church growth. And I'm not just talking about in size. I'm talking about church culture. I'm talking about effective believers having influence on each other just within the walls of the house of God first and foremost. But as it happens within the house of God, it overflows around and begins to become an influence to our community. And I believe that's what it truly means to be the light of the world. Because the light isn't just something that we found that we're shining. It's not a Bible verse that, we, that we're shining, but it's the word of God that is actually working in us. And our life is such an example that others can see it in us and it points them directly to Jesus instead of points out everything in their life. Amen? Amen. So let me say it like this. As you and I grow personally in our relationship with God, as we grow in our faith, okay, it is going to affect church growth. Because if you grow and you grow and you grow and you grow, the capacity to be the body of Christ grows. But if we don't grow and we just do things so well that it attracts people, we will lead some people to something that we enjoy rather than something that will change their life. Amen? And listen, church is much more than enjoyment. Y'all need to know that. It's much more than enjoyment. It's purpose. It's about accomplishment. Amen? So let me say it this way. We're not trying to grow to become a big church. Like, that is not at all what I sit there every day and think about as the pastor. I'm not sitting there thinking, okay, how can we have crowds of thousands? I know how to do that, by the way. There's plenty of strategies that you can work, but later on, you got to come back to exactly what I'm talking about right now. I promise you, okay? So we're, we're not trying to become a big church. We want to grow into who God wants us to be so we can have a big impact. There's a big difference there because it's got to be healthy and it's got to flow out of who we're becoming and not just who we say we are, but who we really are. And this is where a vision for God's house becomes very personal for you and I, because believe it or not, the vision that God has given you for for your life, when it is in alignment with the vision for God's house, I can tell you this, there is more favor on the plans for your life. When we read verses like, seek first the kingdom of God, that's mic dropping verse right there. You don't, you, 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 
can't even handle all of the effects of that verse, I promise you. But when you take your life and align it with God's purpose, and I will even say it like this, with God's house, it will bring you to a place of favor that you didn't even know that you can walk in and live in. And I'm not just talking about financial blessings. It's amazing how our minds go more towards financial stuff than it does family. I want that to settle for a moment. Because a lot of the brokenness in families is because we chase finances. It is. It is. When Cynthia and I started this church, we had the awareness that our kids were going to be preacher's kids. And there's a reputation that follows preacher's kids. There is. And I'll go toe-to-toe with you any day if you try to put more expectation on my kids than on your own. I will. I'll fight you in the parking lot. And you better hope Cynthia don't come out there. I never saw her fight, but I've heard things she's done. But I can tell you, raising my kids in the house of God has benefited us as parents greatly. And there is no substitute for the house of God in a kid's life. None. 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 None at all. All right, I'm going to let that sit right there. Okay. We also talked about stretching, stretching in faith. Stretching in so many different ways because stretching is growing. If you sit still for a long time, it's going to hurt when you move. It's going to. And when the Lord tries to move you, you're going to say, God, why are you trying to hurt me? And the Lord's like, I'm not. I'm trying to heal you. Amen? Stretching in our faith will grow us in our faith. And I will tell you that it's going to happen to us personally. And it is going to happen to us as a church. If we are not stretching in our faith, and I will say this, and maybe you think it's a blanket statement, it doesn't apply everywhere. But if we're not stretching in our faith, we're not, we're not using our faith. We're not going to grow in our faith. And so if we're living our lives trying to get everything calm, we're missing it. Because calmness isn't results. Okay? Because you can do nothing and everything seems peaceful at your house till you realize we ain't done nothing. And then you get mad at yourself because you've done nothing. Because you were wired for purpose. You were wired to stretch. You were wired to go for it. Okay? And so God knew that you needed some challenge. You needed some people to run with. You needed some people that would challenge you personally. So he put you in a spiritual family called a church. And by being a part of the church, there are different influences that are in the room. I shared some of that with you last week from my own life personally. That God used to stretch me. That God used to speak into my life. And I know God used me to stretch them too. So thank you, Lord. I'm used by you. But you have, to, you have to come to the place of understanding that stretching, it's good because stretching means I am growing. And it's going to happen to you personally, just like it's going to happen to you as a church. And God will stretch your time. He will stretch your finances. He will stretch your patience with people. He will do it. And it's not just all about what they got going on. A lot of times it's about who he's trying to help you to be. Amen? It's about who he's trying to help us to be. And so in the middle of the stretching, it's time for the church to flex, to flex. And I can remember my pastor saying this all the time. Blessed are the flexible, for they will not be bent out of shape. Flex. Can you flex a little bit? And I'm not talking about get in front of the mirror and bow up to see how jacked up you are and all that stuff. But I'm talking about stretch to serve. Stretch to give. Stretch to reach. Listen, some of you, you know, somebody had to stretch to reach you. Am I right? Because you were way out there. Way out there. All jacked up. And somebody stretched and got you in. Good thing they stretched. But what makes us think that God won't stretch us? So today what I want to share a little bit is what God has shown me for 2023 our church okay and what my prayer is for our church 
Now, our vision mission statement is simple. We lead people to follow Jesus so they can live out God's plans for their lives. Sounds very easy. It sounds like the Great Commission because anything we do that's not a part of the Great Commission, we need to reevaluate. Okay? And so whenever you just think about that statement simply, we lead people, you got to start right there and understanding that there is a need for leaders. There is a need for leaders. In fact, you don't even have to talk church to see the need for leaders. You ask anyone that is in any type of leadership position that is trying to hire people for leadership roles in corporate America, there is such a need for leaders. There is such a need for leaders. And if God has put the church in the forefront instead of on the side, my question to us as the body of Christ is, where is the church? Where is the leadership, the leaders within the body of Christ? I'm not talking about people who post stuff and rant about everything going on in our world. I'm talking about people that understand that who they are can influence somebody else to be who they need to be. You know, I'm, so, I'm talking about old-fashioned mentorship. Or let's break it down. Discipleship. Leading people to where they need to be. In fact, if you ask most of the people in here who are in leadership, ask any of them. They would not be where they are today if someone had not led them. If someone had not made uh, an asserted effort to invest something into their life, it took them from just being a regular worker to the place they stepped into a leadership role. And I just believe that if the church is going to be the light of the world, and if we're if the world is going to be peripheral to the church, meaning the church is in the forefront, that means there is a necessary understanding that you and I are called to be a leader and not just someone who watches somebody else do it so that they don't have the headache of leadership. Notice I didn't say follower, but someone who just doesn't want the headache because this is unfortunately how people have begun to view leadership. And they're overlooking the, the possibility and the impact on someone's life. And so we need leaders that will make Jesus followers. You and I, the first thing, before you talk about all the fancy things that you might be called to do, listen to me, okay? Before you start making the list of all your spiritual gifts, the one thing, no matter who we are, we are all called to lead people to follow Jesus. We're all called to do it, and there is nothing we can do to get away from that. That ain't the safe way. That's the safe Jesus in Matthew 28. He called us to make disciples. Disciples are people that follow Jesus. They learn from Jesus, and they follow his ways, and he's called you and I. If we're going to go make them, we must influence them to become that. But it's going to be hard to influence them to become that if we aren't living that. And so it's so important for you and I to be an example. Amen? To be an example. And that's where the church is the light of the world. So God is calling us to be spirit-filled and spirit-led men and women of God that can influence others to follow Jesus. That's what we are. We are, we are called to be spirit-filled and spirit-led men and women of God that can influence others to follow Jesus. So we are called to follow Jesus as individuals. That means we're called to be a disciple, but we are also called to make disciples. So I'm following him as the leader, but as I follow him, I am making an effort to get other people to follow him as well. Now, that doesn't mean you get a sketchy van with a speaker on top and go in the corner of the road with all these big signs and start preaching you're going to burn in hell. Amen? Don't do that. You heard it here. You heard it here. Don't do that. But in the relationships you have, you can share your faith. And I'm not talking preaching to them. I'm talking about praying for them. Your life will influence others. If you are aware that this is what we're called to do, and listen, all the other fancy stuff that you may feel like you're called to do, if we're not doing this basic stuff, put that up. Amen? Because it's about who you are before what you do. And if you can't get the obvious basics of who we are, which is leaders to lead other people to Jesus, we have no business trying to do this expertise stuff. Amen. Right there. That's good preaching, Pastor Wade. Pat myself on the shoulder and carry on. All right. 
Here's the question I'll ask you. Who's following Jesus because of you? And listen, this is what you got to be aware of. God has put you in a lot of different spheres and a lot of different places. Who is following Jesus because of you in your sphere? Because if you think that the sphere that you're in is just for you to have fun, you missed it. You missed it. Maybe God put you in that job that you were not qualified for because it wasn't just about you. It was somebody he was trying to reach. And you're sitting over there stressed out every day because you can't figure out how to do all this, but yet you're getting it done. And maybe the Lord just put you there for her or for him or for them. Amen? Maybe you were not good enough to make that team, but God let you on the team because there was somebody that God wanted to reach on the team. Like, this is how you look at things through purpose instead of just looking at it through the lens of convenience, y'all. Like, we've got to really see that church is purpose. It is purpose. Amen? So, who's following Jesus because of you? That's fruit. Fruitfulness comes after faithfulness. This is so important. Because the things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks, you know what it's about? Faithfulness. 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 And listen, the way I grew up, it was, oh, my goal is to be faithful. Just going to stick it out and be faithful to the Lord. I don't want to just be faithful. I want to be fruitful. I want to do more than just show up. I want to help make things happen. Amen. I'm not just going to become an introverted Christian. Knock on that door today. Amen. I want to be on the scene with what God's doing. Come on, Jesus. You want me to fill up one of them water pots so you can turn the water into wine? Let's go. Because I ain't never seen that before, but we're about to see something happen in here. I mean, I know they need some water. They need the water turned into wine, but I want to see it happen too. Amen? Faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. So watch this. You are called to be faithful in order that you may be fruitful. And so in me following Jesus, it's not just I'm hoping to make it into heaven. I'm, listen, I'm saved. I, I'm convinced. I'm going to heaven. But I'm not just living my life trying not to sin. Shocker. I'm trying to help other people to quit sinning too so they can get to heaven. Because i got people I love in my life. That's what the church is. We are a light that helps other people to see the hope that they have in Jesus so they don't continue to live the life they live. They can live the life that God has for them. Amen? Amen, man. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. Okay. So here's what God's showing me for 23, 2023. Can't believe we're saying that, but it's only a couple months away. We're going to start the year like we do every year with a time of prayer and fasting. Every year, we kick off our year since we have started this church. We're going to pray, and we're going to fast to start our year. And I'm telling, this, I'm telling you this way in October so that you can plan ahead for January. Because if you don't do that, I mean, you just I can't believe you sprung this on us. I've been doing it for 10 years. <laughs> the beginning of the year is a time of devotion Serious devotion, where you begin to seek God, you pray, and you fast from something. We're going to do it for 21 days. It's a long time, I know, but trust me, we need it. <laughs> we need it. And I would, if I was in the place that you're in right now, I would make a decision now. I'm participating in that. And maybe you've never done it before. I can tell you this, it would change your life. And I, I will have some stories to share with you of people whose lives were changed during those 21 days of prayer and fasting. Will. But I would go ahead and make plans. We'll start advertising as we get closer to the end of the year. I would make plans for those prayer nights. I'm going to be there. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going I'm to seek God at the beginning of the year because I believe there's something that God wants to speak to you. And it may just be one word. Okay. And I've, I've lived by this for years. There's been a word every year. This year, the word was breakthrough. And it's been crazy because I've had a lot of things break this year. Yesterday, the spring of my garage door broke. Yeah, that's painful, man. Yeah. But every time something breaks, it's a reminder of breakthrough. It is. Good thing I got that word or else I'll be panicking and just come vent on you at church on Sundays. Amen. 
I don't know. Y'all looking at me like I might do that. Okay. Start the year with prayer and fasting, seeking God. 2023, we're going to plan a missions trip again. We haven't been on our trip in the last couple of years because of COVID and all the travel restrictions. But this year, we're going to plan a trip to go back to the Dominican Republic to go visit the Care Point and get some things going back there again with our church's involvement in the Care Point in Dominican Republic. Again, this is things that we're going to begin to let you know about. But I hope that you will pray and stretch. It's going to cost you some money. It's going to cost you some vacation time. But perhaps the Lord will speak to you about going on a trip. And you may think you're going there to change their lives when the Lord may just change yours. Happens to me every single time. Amen. This year, we're going to start a discipleship class called the Essentials. Essentials. To teach the essentials of being a follower of Jesus. Because I'm finding that people are piecing together a mosaic of their faith. And it's not solid. And so when they get tested, it just crumbles because it's a lot of quotes, it's a lot of social media posts, and they don't truly have a foundation in their faith. And as a church, we have a responsibility to help people to have a solid foundation in their faith. And so in 2023, we are going to start a discipleship class called Essentials to help to build people in their faith so they have some solid beliefs instead of this abstract belief system that whatever the latest trend that comes along that they run with, because it's just chasing shadows, it is. There has to be a conviction and a firm belief in God and in his word and who God wants them to be. So we will have a discipleship class called Essentials. Also in 2023, one of the things we'll be focusing on is building death on our dream team. Amen. And part of that is to give people a place to serve. And if you look at a planning center request, it's just, I got to go and do this. It's what I got to do. You're looking at it wrong because it serves a greater purpose. And no matter how people react, we're always going to open the door for people to serve in all of the roles in the church because we're called to serve. And everybody in the church has a part. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, that means you too. Amen. Amen. When we build the depth on our dream team, it gives everyone a place to serve, but it also gives us the capacity to serve more people. Amen. And we want to increase our capacity to serve more people. I think God does things in order. And if we want to reach more people, we got to get more infrastructure in place. Come on, somebody. That's just smart stuff right there. Let's go ahead and build the infrastructure so that we can serve more people. And I believe God will bring us more people. Amen. Also, in 2023, we're going to make it a priority to raise up leaders, to step into leadership roles, to serve the vision and growth of the church. And not just, hey, you come and oversee this, but it's, hey, come see with us what God is showing us for our church. And let's go there together. Let's build the body of Christ that is going to be effective. And I believe there are people that are in this room that are, are leaders in the kingdom and are leaders in the church. And I think it's hitting some people right now that may not be serving and may not be operating at the capacity they should. And can I just tell you, I love you enough to tell you God's not going to leave you alone. I love you, man. And I wish I could just have a little side conversation with the Lord and say, God, take it easy on them. They got a lot going on. And the Lord may just say, everything they got going on, I'm using to try to get them where they need to be. <clears throat> There's a need for leaders. There is. 2023, we will be making room in our church. In Proverbs 18, verse 16, it says, a man's gift makes room for him. I believe that as a church, we must understand it. We must be a good steward of the gifts that God has given us to build up the church. The focus of the gifts that God has given to each one of you is for the purpose of building up the church. That is the purpose of spiritual gifts. It's to build up the church. Your gift that God has given you expands our ability as a church to minister to more people in more ways. Think of that. Most people think that the solution to a church to reach more people is to create another program. It's not another program. It's that person. 
Because when God does something, he does it through people. He does it through people. You don't believe me? God went to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. He didn't set up a program. He had the power to do it all on his own, but he called a man. He called a person, and God used a person to lead them out. When God wanted to save the world, he could have done it just by snapping his fingers, but he did it through a person. When God built the church, he could have just said, here it is. Here's the church. Y'all come. No, what did he do? He did it through people. And God does what he does through people. And he gifts us to do different things in the body of Christ, which is necessary to build it up so that we can reach more people. And there's a lot of people who are gifted, but a lot of times they're gone. And I want that to sit for a moment because we're going to stand before God one day. I'm not trying to fear you. I'm just preaching with conviction right now. Because there's going to be a day when we stand before God and God's going to say, I gave you that gift. I had these plans for you. I had all of this laid out. What did you do with what I have given you? And that accountability moment is going to be really rough. And you're going to say, I wish my preacher would have told me that. Amen? We're going to make room in the room. In 2023, we're going to go to two services. And listen, I will say this. We should already be there. But the issue that we have is that we don't have enough people to cover all the places to serve. And I'm not trying to just drop bombs on you today. I'm just trying to tell you this is what we need to do, but we can't do it. Because it takes a concerted effort of people that say this is the body of Christ that I belong to. And it's which I'm called to serve and give and use my gifts. When we do that, it increases our capacity. What happens is it puts people in a place they got to serve over and over and over again. This is where we all must understand we have a part in this thing. And in 2023, we need to go to two services. We need to. And I will say this, we need your help. But I don't want to approach this just like volunteers. I want us to approach this as a family. Amen? Amen. That we all have a part in this. And this is why I say this. There's people that we are not reaching that we could be reaching. That's, that's how I need you to see it. There are people that we're not reaching that we could be reaching. And there are people that are serving double shifts to take care of the people who aren't serving. And I'm speaking on behalf of them when I say that. And again, it's not because we're trying to have a big church. We're just trying to have a big impact. We're trying to reach people that God's called us to reach. And that means we got to stretch. That's why I ask you, are you ready? Like, are you ready for that? So 2023 will be two services. One of the things the Lord's put on my heart also is to raise up people to go into the ministry. Leaders in the church, pastors, missionaries, people to step into leadership roles. That's, that's the vision that God has given us because healthy things, mature people, they reproduce. They reproduce. And I know there are people in this room that are called by God that have told me specifically ministry callings that aren't doing anything with it. And you get angry whenever we mention this, but the Lord is still calling you. He is still calling you. Here's what we want from you. This is where I'll finish. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Here's what our, this is what I hope that we help people do with our church. And I want you to remember this. I want our church to help people follow Jesus. That's never going to change. And that's, that's not just the role of the pastor. That's just, that's not just the role of the small group leader. That's the role of all of us in here. Amen. Because you can do this. 
all of us, help people to follow Jesus. The second thing, help people connect with the church family. I want to see people connected with a church family and not just, quote, unquote, get saved. Because a lot of people who get saved, they don't last because they got emotional. We're talking about being spiritual, and they need a spiritual family to belong to. There's no such thing as an orphan in the family of God. Amen? We all belong in God's house, and we need to help people to connect with the church family. But we also want to help people grow in their faith. Because the struggles that we're dealing with, it's not about the struggle. It's about the faith. It is. And we can help people grow in their faith so they can do something for God. The most joy you will ever experience in your life comes from doing something for God. It does. I've done a lot of fun things in my life, but there's nothing like doing something for God. And so my prayer is that people will come to our church and they will be saved. They will surrender their life to Jesus. I want to see people be water baptized. Amen. And not just leave it as an option, but see, hey, this is part of my identity of who I am in Christ. Let's go public with it. I want to see people connected in a small group. Amen. Like truly understand church community and understand that I can't just sit over here and hide. I've got to get involved and open up my life so that people can be in my life, but I can also be in their life. I want to see people make church a priority. Seriously, to make church a priority and not just this peripheral thing that they do when they can, but they say, this is what our family does. This is who we are. I want to see people serve on a dream team. And not just because, oh, my God, they need so much help, but because you need help. I wouldn't be in the ministry and where I'm at today had I not served. I promise you. Amen. I want to see people give tithes and offerings. Yeah. Give the tithe because it's a conviction, not because, well, we'll see what's happening, but because this is what we believe, man. Give the offering and be willing to stretch because, man, we're taking ground. We're reaching families. We're reaching young people. We're reaching adults. We're reaching all kinds of people. Let's stretch to see it happen. I'm praying that we'll see people step into leadership roles and not just with egos to tell people what to do and opinions, but a heart for God's house. Amen true heart for God's house. I'm going to see people use their spiritual gifts and not tout it as they're an expert, but just come and say, I'm a servant, man. How can I help? I've got these gifts that I think can build this thing up. I want to see people in the church lead other people to Jesus. Look forward to the day that you're calling me like, Pastor Wade, I went to lunch with a co-worker and I just pray with them to accept Jesus. I've been working on them for a year, but today we prayed at lunch. That's awesome. You can do that. These are the things that I'm praying for. Amen? So I'm praying that our church is the church that will help people take their first step in their walk with God by saying yes to Jesus and take the next step to be who God wants them to be. I pray that we're going to be a church that raises up men and women of God to be leaders, not just in God's house, but all over, in their workplaces, in their homes, in the community. Amen? That God will raise up influential men and women who see that being an influencer is much more than just being on social media. Amen? But it's by being present in people's lives. I pray that we will raise up generations that carry the torch. That carry the torch of this is who God is. And He's still alive. And He's still well. And He still loves. And He still serves. And He still gives. He's still God. He's still God. This is what I'm praying that our church will be. I pray that we'll be a church that will fulfill our purpose of winning souls and making disciples and building the local church. This is the basics of who God wants us to be as a church. I pray that we will be a church that is full of the Spirit of God, that walks in spiritual authority, amen, that is not overtaken by the worries of the world, but has an unction on the inside of them that no weapon formed against us is going to prosper and that we can look at sickness in the eyes and we can look at all the cultural struggles in the eyes and say, our God is greater. Amen? That's what I'm praying for our church. I pray that when someone walks in our church, no matter who they may meet, who, who they may greet, no matter where we may meet, no matter where we may gather, I pray that it feels like heaven. I pray that we'll be a church that sets up God encounters. 
for people that when they walk in, they walk out saying, I'm not sure what happened, but it felt like heaven when I was there. Felt like God was touching my life while I was there. That's the church that we are going to be. But that's the people that God is calling us to be. Everyone stand to their feet this morning. had so many people ask me the question through the years what about a building Pastor Wade what about a building what about a building and I want a building as much as any one of you and we are on the search constantly it never ends but I'm not so much worried about a building as much as I'm worried about what God is building right here in you and I I will say this we can do church anywhere we've done it We've done it. I don't need a building to affirm what God has called us to do. Amen? No, I want one, Lord. Amen? Let's not play here. But I need us to know as a church, our calling isn't limited by the location that we meet at. And our effectiveness isn't determined. Listen, we did church in a strip mall in an old internet cafe where God knows what happened in there. But we brought the redemption to it. Amen. We've been in a school. We've been in two schools. And now we're in a banquet hall where God knows what's happened up in here. But I know what's happening in here. God is building people's lives. And he's not just building us to make it. He's building us to build his kingdom. And we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Father, today, I pray. Lift your hands all across this room. God, I pray that the words that were spoken today become much more than an idea but I pray this is our conviction that it comes from a place of a heart for you and a heart for your house God we don't want to just be a big church that's not what we're trying to do God we want to be an effective church that's healthy that's strong that's fulfilling its purpose that's reaching our community that's touching the world God, I pray over every person in here because we all have a heart, uh, a part to play. And I pray, God, that we will respond to your voice, not the preacher's voice, but your voice. And God, I pray you speak through everything that was said today. And the stuff that didn't come out the way you wanted it to, God, I, I ask you to redeem it. But Father, I sense the urgency and the need for the church to be leaders. Instead of being on the side, to be in the forefront. And today I call forth leaders from this congregation. I call forth those who have been called to the ministry. I call them forth today to step into who you're calling them to be. I call forth dream team members who have the capacity to serve. That will eventually lead to the capacity to lead. I call forth every person that has a spiritual gift that will build up the body of Christ. God, I pray you will awaken them to purpose today. I pray, God, that there will be a conviction to build your kingdom. And then, Father, I pray that, that, that all of the ripple effect of building the kingdom, it will reverberate through our families. It will reverberate through our careers, through our own personal lives, God. I just pray, God, that, that there will be order in the house of God. But I pray, God, for simple obedience and alignment. Father, we take this serious, what you have called us to do, what you've called us to be. And Father, if we were to answer today, are we ready? Father, we're ready for what you want to do. But Father, we're getting ready for what we need to do. That is my prayer. We will get ready for what we need to do to co-labor with you. So, Father, I pray your spirit now will be the convincer in every person that this message isn't just a pitch to try to get people to do some things that we need done but I pray God that this becomes the conviction of what you have called us as a church to do and who you have called us to be and I pray for Emerge Church to truly be a light a light to this world both here locally and even globally 
I pray, Father, that we will be an influence to what you want to do here on this earth. Raise up sons and daughters that become men and women of God that are used mightily by you. Raise up families that are used mightily by you, not just for one generation, but generation after generation after generation. And Father, we ask for your blessing, the Father's blessing on this house. In everything that you called us to do, we thank you that you are our provider. For every resource, for every finance, I thank you, Lord, that you provide. I pray that for every individual, every family, but I also pray that for our church. That as we step in faith, as we stretch in faith in the days to come, I pray, Father, that we will see your provision in levels we have never seen before. But I also pray, God, that you raise up givers in this house. You raise up pastors in this house. You raise up worship leaders in this house. You raise up youth leaders in this house. Children's leaders in this house. Community leaders in this house. Outreach leaders in this house. Father, we ask you to do that. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen and amen.